Hey, what's up, King James Gossip viewers? It's me, Nathan Beatley, the co-expert of King James Gospel. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Jared and Kyle Hesketh. And uh, it's not our normal Wednesday night, Thursday morning pod, but there's so much going on in Cavs world that we had to get out here. So how are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing very, very good. All right, and there's about a billion trades that seem to be rattling through the Cavs' mind. So let's recap. Before we get into what we view, let's recap what's already been reported. Jared, you want to take that? Yeah, I got it. Okay, so today Shams from Yahoo Sports reported that the Cavs expressed or are expressing interest in a deal for the Kings' George Hill. Um, he, the, the Kings are kind of going in the opposite direction, and I don't really know why they signed him, like you said, Nathan. Yeah, this offseason off had a lot of weird signings. But yeah, George Hill, and it wasn't even to like some one-year deal. It was three years, $57 million. Yeah, you could tell they were in the rebuilding stage, and they signed a bunch of veterans to a very young team, and it didn't really make a lot of sense. Okay, okay. So, kind of differently because Carter, Carter and Randolph make sense for that team. You know, you, wanna, you want the veteran presence, but you don't want – you're not going to win with 40-year-olds and then one – George Hill, who's in the prime of his career, that just it just didn't make sense. Right, but it seems that they're um they're leaning more towards De'Aaron Fox instead of George Hill, and it looks like he will be traded. And the Cavs have interest. Along with that, um, Mark Stein from the New York Times reported that not only are we interested in George Hill, but we the Cavaliers have registered trade interest and have held talks with the Clippers over not only DeAndre Jordan, but also Lou Williams. And uh, the players the Cavs are dangling around in the trade talks um, seem to be Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. The Clippers are very interested into the Brooklyn Nets pick, and it seems that talks have stalled with these with DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. DeAndre Jordan, Lou Williams, and George Hill, all in the span of a few hours, have been reported so I think the way we're going to go about really diving into these is we're going to take each of these trade options and we're going to try to craft our own trade and see what we really feel is, I want to say reliable, but not really reliable, what we feel is actually going to happen. Logical. So Kyle, if you had to make one trade for George Hill, you got to remember 20 million. So we got to shed cap. We got to shed Fry or Shumpert, Thompson. If you had to make one trade for George Hill, what would it be, and how are you going to figure out the rotation with him in? The difficult part about this is we have so much, so many, as we spoke about last podcast, so many bad contracts, such as Tristan Thompson, and right now Montreal, just because he's he's very very hurt all the time, and J.R. Smith. So I think if we want to get rid of one of them, or maybe both of them, we'd have to put one of the picks in there. I'm not saying we put the Brooklyn pick in there, but we'd have to uh, give them what they want for rebuilding because obviously they want to re- rebuild through the draft. So I think a package of uh, maybe JR, 
maybe Shump just because he's young and probably our pick. Or maybe what would work would be Shump and Chetty Fry. Or they just give up maybe Chetty and, yeah, like you said, Shump. Or I'm not even sure that would work cap-wise. You may have to do like a Fry-Shumpert combo. You would have to because of George Hill's almost making $20 million a year. Just about. Fry and Shumpert alone work. And you would have to include our pick. Or maybe yeah. a second rounder that we have. Yeah, maybe the Miami one we acquired. Yeah. Because I don't know if I want to give up that that pick for just one player. I mean, like I said, we might have if we want to if we want to get rid of J.R. Smith, then yes, and that would uh, probably work. If we really want George Hill to play and be a pivotal role for this team, then it would have to be J.R. And I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing because you have people that could fill Jr.'s role. And he hasn't necessarily been effective to any extent this season. Well, right. And we, we were talking before the before the podcast, George Hill this year is shooting 40, 45. 45.6% yeah, from three. And he's a pretty good defender. Uh, he's got a seven-foot wingspan at 6'2", so he can guard multiple positions. Uh, I like him better than J.R. Smith right now. There's a lot of people I like better than J.R. Smith right now, though. Facts. And it's not even J- that J.R. Smith's bad. It's just that he's been so ineffective. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to talk about, about uh, adding Jetty, uh, even, if we, even if we could, if the salaries were, worked, I don't think that I would just because of yeah, how well Jetty's been playing. I love I, Jetty. I, I, yeah, and I think the Cavs haven't developed a player in a very long time, at least in the past four years. Which I mean, you could argue time. they kind of developed Kyrie. Delhi, you can't forget about Delhi. Yeah, I guess, but I feel like the Cavs tend to give up on those types of players really quickly. Delhi Obviously, not Kyrie. Delhi right. just developed through defense. I mean, he never really developed a real offensive game besides tossing up lobs off a pick. Right, mm-hmm. and so I think I think us doing that with with Jetty is a good thing. I mean, if you look at the Warriors and how they develop players, I know it's like two opposite ends it's of the disgusting. spectrum. It's disgusting. Right, it's crazy. I mean, they make Ian Clark got that big contract with the with the Pelicans. They made Pat McCall look like the next Clay Thompson. Yeah, and they have Jordan Bell, who's playing Jordan pretty Bell. good. I mean, they develop players the right way. I mean, if you look at the team they have now, they drafted almost all of them outside of uh, Kevin Durant. And the Spurs, too. I was listening to a Bill Simmons pod, and he was talking about how the Spurs are going to uh, buy in on Stanley Johnson and then develop him into like a star just because they can make him a shooter. Like, it's insane what the Spurs do. I did see the Spurs were interested in Stanley Johnson. And the thing is, Stanley Johnson, it's the same with, I think, yeah, Simmons said this on his pod. It's the same with Winslow. They're just in bad situations. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they're bad players and they don't have potential, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. But, so we're saying Fry and Shumper for Hill. But my question is, and that's my my question with all the guards is, I don't know if you guys can answer if you really like these trades, but how are you planning on playing a six foot three point guard who plays point guard mainly? He played shooting guard for a bit in San Antonio, I think, but he plays mainly point guard with Isaiah Thomas, who must have the ball. I mean, are we really going to bring in a guy that's making 20,000 just to get eight shots a game? 20 million, yeah. It's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Just to get eight um, shots a game, like, is that what you want? Well, Hill, he has the ability to play without the ball. 
Um, he 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 can play, you know, move, maneuvering around screens, coming off the ball and getting the ball, launching a three. And he also has a nice mid-range jumper. I don't know if you guys watch him. He can drive to the basketball. Overall, like all in all, he's a really good player. But uh, I watched him a lot back is, when he was a pacer. Right. So this is the thing. Um, Sam Amico reported this. He he said that the the most likely trade if we were to get um, George Hill would be Iman Shumpert, Channing Frye, and Derrick Rose. So if we do if that if that trade goes down, then I feel like Hill would probably come off the bench in Derrick Rose's spot. However, I don't want that trade because I love Derrick Rose. I I'm not sure how that trade really works. Why would they do that trade? I'm not sure. That was just that that was what Sam Amico reported. He said that was the the um drawing blanks right now. But a lot of people don't really report potential trades until after, you know? Yeah. Like they reported he the said- Paul George breakdown after way after. He probably yeah. just like theorized. Well, he said league sources were telling him that those were the players involved in talks. Derek Rose, Iman Shumpert, Channing Fry. Um, I'm not however, questioning I, Sam Amico's sources, but there's right. a lot of league sources out there. However, I I wouldn't want to trade Derek Rose. I would rather go with an Iman Shumpert, Channing Fry one that Kyle said, maybe throw in a second-round pick, or even throw in Ante Zizic, the, the young center we got from the Celtics, and maybe a second-round pick. Um, and then and then uh, George Hill would play shooting guard because the whole idea of this is to bolster the backcourt because our backcourt is not playing well with Jared Smith in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to have George Hill. But if so is that play- is that your ideal trade? Because we talked on our last pod that if you had to make one trade, we all went with Baysmore. Yeah, no, no, you no, still no. would you no. prefer Hill over Baysmore? No way, no. But it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we have any interest as of now in Bazemore, and I'm not sure why. Because he Which makes blows he makes, blows my mind. He makes less than George Hill. He makes about three million dollars less than George Hill. And he's taller. He's a better defender. He well, he's I pulled an this up earlier. I pulled this up earlier that there is actually a like a a 17 game stretch where he shot over 44 percent from three. Like that's not just a couple games. He can shoot the ball too. He had a game where he went six for ten this year. Like, right. he's a shooter, too. What I love about Bazemore is he's a much better spot-up shooter, like getting the ball, like like coming around a screen, catching the ball and shooting it, than he is on pull-up um, three-pointers. I think he shoots on pull-up three-pointers, like, in the high 20s. So and like, honestly, if you're going to play with Isaiah Thomas, you need a taller, not- lengthier, too. You need, yeah, you need a taller, lengthier defender, and you need someone who doesn't need the ball to be effective. That's Bazemore. I don't know about George Hill. Um, I'm not sure how well he would do at the shooting guard position with the star-studded lineup we have, but it can't get any worse than what is that now. All right, Kyle, is that all you got on George Hill? Well, I just wanted to add real quick that he is shooting 47% on catch-and-shoot three-pointers. George Hill? Yes. Yeah, he's he's uh, very effective off the ball. And I think the thing that I really like about Hill is oftentimes you see Isaiah Thomas, and this isn't a bash against him. It's partially because of size. But like I talked in the other pod, he makes those jump passes. George Hill doesn't do that. George Hill, from what I've watched, he's a very smart player. 
Like it would shock me if he averages over two or three turnovers. He averages 1.5 turnovers a game. And he's been a starting point guard for the last seven seasons. And he's never averaged over two turnovers. He's almost he like may, he's almost like Jose Calderon in the sense that he plays very Yeah, smart. he's a much better version of Calderon. He's a very smart player. And I think that's right. something that the team needs. And where we where we talked about him maybe not being able to play the two, he may not have the height, but he's definitely got the length. His he's arm, long. yeah, he's yeah. What did like we say? A seven foot wingspan. Seven foot wingspan at six two. Yeah, but I'm still just not competent. Not sure that he can guard uh, Clay. Well, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Clay. <laughs> I don't. You don't know put Thomas if... on him. You can't really put Hill on him. You have to put like a Jeff Green on him almost. I, I like baseball, I like but... Kyle I like exactly. Kyle Corver on him honestly when whenever this is why we play him. The best scenario would obviously be be Baysmore, and I don't think any of us have. But I'm telling you this right now, Kyle. Whenever they play the Warriors, it seems like Corver does not get more than ten minutes of PT. Well, it's it's kind of like the Channing Fry thing. Like Lou does not find ways to play him. He he thinks that the longer and uh, more athletic younger players can can play better against the Warriors, and I'm not sure if that's true. Because obviously, yeah, like look at J.R. Smith. Smith should not be getting 33 minutes against the Warriors. Right. Who who thinks about that? Like that just does not make sense. Right. Wait, hold on, Nathan. What do you think the the Cavs should trade for Hill? If we should trade for Hill? Oh, I don't like Hill. I don't like yeah. anybody but Baysmore, to be honest. Maybe Lou Williams. Because Lou Williams will give you scoring. George Hill will give you a bit of both. But George Hill's really a – he's built to be a point guard or a small backup too, I feel. Personally, that's what I feel like. And I feel, and I think if you have him playing the two against bigger lineups, I don't think Hill can guard DeMar DeRozan. I don't think he can guard Jalen Brown. I don't think he can guard Clay Thompson. And I think it's going to be really hard having him, even though he has a wingspan, I think it would be hard having him on the same team or on the same backcourt as Isaiah Thomas. And that's why I like Bazemore because he's bigger, longer. He can make up for... He can help our defense and offense. And Lou Lou helps our offense, and DeAndre helps our defense. But there's so much that has to go into trading for either one of them. And I think we just need to man up. Like, our rotation's fine how it is. They just need to learn. They need to stop acting like help is a must. Like, real, real quick, I feel like, yeah. You talked about... Uh... Last podcast, we talked about Avery Bradley and how he would be great next to IT again, right? Oh, he would be fantastic. Okay. He's one, but he's, I don't think he's really on the market. He is 6'2". And he, he played is the 6'2". Two. He played the two guard. But uh, Good point. But he does have a more of a tenacity on defense, I feel like. But I also, to be fair, I haven't watched much, to Hill, much of Hill this week. Not this week, but this year in general. So I haven't really followed him. But I do know the Kings as a team are absolutely trash. Like their defense is, I'm pretty confident it's the only defense worse than us. Correct? Well, I think I think that's part of the problem. Before yeah, again, so we, were, we were talking about his his defensive rating over the past couple of years, and right now it's it's at its worst, and that's because he's on a very bad defensive team, a very young team, and a and a team that's not built for defense at all. So, but even at its worst, he ranks like what 300 spots above Jr. That's true. Yeah, so he's Oh yeah, I'm I'm not we could literally put like 
a third grade baller out there who would have better defense than JR right now. Yeah. I don't think um I was actually really surprised when this was reported because the perfect person for the Cavs is Bazemore. But when this was reported, it made sense in in the in the categories of defense because he is an above average defender and three pointers because he shoots such a high percentage a little a little above 45%. So it I could see it working out for the Cavs. Maybe maybe Atlanta was asking a lot. Maybe we did call Atlanta, but they were asking a lot for Baysmore, and maybe we could get Hill for less. Yeah, maybe um, maybe they wanted our pick, and we could have gotten like our pick along with. Yeah, I don't think we're trading anything nice for Baysmore. No, I think he's worth like two seconds and chump. Like well, I think he's the ideal trade candidate, but the league does not view him as a very valuable tool. Well, because he's making seventeen million, he's kind of hard to trade for because Shams only making ten. So we would have to throw in Channing Fry, but then I don't think Atlanta has any interest in Channing Fry. Maybe that's the problem. That's why you have to include the picks. You have to say, "Hey, we'll give you our pick too." Yeah, which I'd be fine with. Yeah, but if that's the case, I'd rather get rid of uh, Tristan or Jr. Smith. Well, that's what we're about to go into, which is the the trade talks with the Clippers. Yeah, so let's let's break down real quick how the Clippers, how the two trades are going to go down. Lou Williams, not surprisingly, but he's actually having one of the best years. For the listeners' sake, he's averaging a career-high 23.2 points per game, a career-high five assists per game. He is averaging almost three turnovers per game, but he's also shooting over 41% from three and 45% from two. So you have to think that he's he's playing amazing. But do you think that he really has a spot on the Cavs? Jared, what's your opinion? Love, I would love Lou Williams paired up in the backcourt with Isaiah Thomas. He can you realize that's like a defensive nightmare? Because Lou Williams is 6'1", does not have a great wingspan, and is not a fantastic defender. Well, this is why we, we're not going to get Lou Williams by himself. We want him paired with DeAndre Jordan. And that's why in the talks, Mark Stein reported that Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith were um, were dangled in there because Lou Williams would ob- obviously take J.R.'s minutes. And we're not going to get Lou Williams by himself. And we might not even get him at all because the Clippers are so um, they're so interested and intrigued in the Brooklyn Nets pick and the Cavs are so um, so, like... That's why it all boils down to an article that one of our writers, Robbie, wrote yesterday. If LeBron commits, this team could win the finals. If LeBron doesn't commit, this team's out in the finals. It's just it's almost it's almost that simple. Yeah, but we all know LeBron's not going to commit. So the front office has to has to make a decision. I think they just have to make a gut choice and go with it. Say you have to trade the Brooklyn Nets pick because that might show LeBron that you guys are really invested. That we are really invested in winning. If you yeah, just talk, just talk to LeBron. Be like, are you gonna stay? Is this really? Should we go ahead and do this? You don't even have to ask him if he's gonna stay. Just, just see if the if the Clippers will do DeAndre and Lou Williams. For JR, double T, Brooklyn Nets pick, you go to LeBron, see what he thinks. If he says yes, it's 
you pull it off. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's as simple as that. That might, that might bring some trust back into the organization with LeBron. Right. You're going to, you're going to ask him anyways. You're going to com- like have a conversation with him if he likes the trade regardless, because he is your franchise player. And if he says yes, that means he's happy with it. Like Jared said, and there's a better chance that'll stay. Oh, and this is a, uh... This is just a stat I just put up that I wanted to directly aim at Jared. What's up? When Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan are on the court together, they have a negative 3.4 net rating and a 112.4 defensive rating, which, if it were an NBA team, would be the worst defensive rating by an NBA team. So I'm not sure putting them together really makes a... really says, hey, we're really enhancing our defense with Jordan and Williams on the court. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Williams would enhance it. That's why I'm saying Dion. That's why we want Dion. He would, he would definitely help. I know that you're saying, like, I know you're saying together they're not good, but they're on the Clippers. But then again, the Cavs aren't. The Clippers are a top eight team in the West. Well, I know. I mean, I know, but like, it's a whole different team. Like, you can't, you can't. I compare that. You can't compare defensive efficiency from the Clippers to the Cavs by moving two players. I would understand that a lot of the chemistries going would be a lot different, but I'm not sure you can say that that uh, just acquiring Jordan and Williams would help our defense, though. Just because Isaiah Thomas and a Lou Williams backcourt would just be that awful defensively. But that's a lot of what that's we, for just chemistry. You don't, you just don't know until you see it. What if we started Shumpert and then Williams came off the bench, like he's used to almost? Because isn't I'm not sure if he's coming off the bench this year, but I knew he's he was, he was definitely he wasn't, he last year. Beverly got hurt, and then uh, Milos got hurt, so now he's starting. He was. Yeah, he was I would. I would be. Year. I would love him off the bench. I'm cool with that. His stats are a little inflated as well. You guys got to think about it because he he's had a usage rating right now of 30 percent, and there's no way that happens with the Cavs. I just feel like if you're, I don't feel like the Cavs. It's the same with Hill. The Cavs don't need an offensive weapon. True. Like, and that's the same thing that pissed Kyle off. Like, we need to get. We need to use the offensive weapons we have correctly. Mm-hmm. Like the whole nine shots against the Warriors really uh, tore Kyle apart. I mean, at least Tyron Lue came out. Hey, Kyle, at least Tyron Lue came out and said that when the offense. Yeah, he basically said we screwed up. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about right now is is that article that I wrote was a very spiteful article, but I wrote it and it had a purpose. And it's a true article. It's a good article. Again, shameless plug. If you want to go read it, it's a good read. Go read it. It's got some very intriguing yet not happening trade trade uh situations yeah i wrote it out of hate but it's a good article so uh check it out to cleveland yeah brooke to cleveland uh but yeah no, i i am happy tyron Lue came out and said that and i agree with you nathan we do need to have uh player we need to we do need to use the offensive players that we have because it it, it was working and works in every first half of every game that we we start well so in the past Five games that we played, we started off really well. So, um, and uh, but on the other hand, I think George Hill, with how he's playing right now, is ten times better than J.R. Smith. E- even if oh, we just 100%. want to talk about offense, 
I mean, 40, 40, 45, Jared? 45% from three compared to JR's 36? He's balling. That's almost a 10% difference. That is insane. That's why the other person that I really would love to bring in would be Courtney Lee. And I know, at least on this pod, we've discussed Courtney Lee before. Will, and the difference is the difference is the Knicks are 20 and 25, and the Clippers are 23 and 21. The Clippers are in the chase. It's between the Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Clippers for the last two spots, and the Trailblazers, I guess, too, for the last three spots in the West. The Knicks aren't going anywhere. They're three spots out of the eighth seed in the East, and they know they can't make any noise. They're in the purgatory of the NBA. Yeah, and it's sad because they have Porzingis. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like Anthony Davis's first couple years. He's just wasting away on a moderately decent team. To add on to what we're talking about, another Mark Stein report was the Cavaliers are pursuing separate deals for DeAndre Jordan and George Hill. So I don't know I don't know how interested they are in Lou Williams. I don't know if they just said like hey, what would we have to do to get Lou Williams? But it seems that their top two priorities are DeAndre Jordan and George Hill. Which, which seems weird to... that they're going separate because you would have to think that they – it's just going to be interesting to see if the Clippers bite on our first-round pick for DeAndre. Right. All I'm saying, like, if both of these deals go down, the Cavs are going to look very, very different. You're you're talking maybe five players being traded for bringing in two. Let me ask you this: Do you like? Well, then, then we become perfect buyout candidates. We're just like, give me everybody that, give me these couple mediocre players that could get some finals minutes. And there's like, a, there's I'm a chance pretty that positive West, that Wes Matthews in the buyout, right? He's just got such a big contract that I don't think he'll be bought out. There's no way in hell he'll be he'll be bought well, out. Well, Dwayne Wade had a to... massive contract and he was bought out. Yeah, but yeah, he had like a one year contract. Wesley well, Matthews I... is still under contract for like three years, twenty million or something. You got to remember, Dwayne Wade he gave some of the money back. He he didn't take all the twenty three million. I don't know how much he took, but it wasn't everything. I mean, did he really need the money? Well, no, he he didn't. But like, definitely deserved it. Oh, for sure. I wonder if a player like Favors could be bought out. Yeah, do you want me to go? You want me to read off the players that Brian Windhorst said we were potentially targeting for buyouts or for now? No, no, for trades. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, so Brian Windhorst mentioned on ESPN Cleveland that the Cavs are interested in these players as trade targets: Ed Davis from the Portland Trailblazers, Robin Lopez from the Chicago Bulls. Justin Holiday from the Chicago Bulls, Larry Nash Jr. from the Los Angeles Lakers, and Derek Favors from the Utah Jazz. Who, who would help the Cavs most, and who would you want most on the Cavs? Baysmore. <laughs> Just give me Baysmore, please. Dude, I'm I'm really surprised that there's been no reportings that the Cavs have even have even called the Hawks about. Because Baysmore. literally every time I'm like, you're saying this player, I'd rather have Baysmore. Right. I don't know. Uh, do you, did anyone interest you off that list? I like Holiday. He's he's a long, he's a tall, long guard. Is he uh, uh, Bulls? Bulls. Yeah, shooting guard. 
He's yeah, go- he's, shooting, he's shooting about thirty eight percent from the three point line, um, thirteen points per game, and he's he's just about as long as uh, George Hill. He might be he might be a bit taller than George Hill. I no, I know he's taller. He's not he's not a better shooter, but he's streaky. Yeah, he's 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 kind of like a a new like a, a younger J.R. Smith. Oh uh, yeah, Just, Justin Holiday is six six. With the wings, sig- three inches is significant. Yeah, with wow. the wingspan. I was- yeah, he oh. is tall, and he's got a wingspan of uh, seven one. Yeah, he's, he's when I watch him, he's he has a he has a an act to steal the ball. Because of he's because he's so long, and I'm I guess he's like an an above average defender. Like again, we can't get worse than Jared Smith. Well, the problem he's, is you can't really. I've known I know like Ian Levy off, fanside has told us all the time that it's hard to really take one defender and really say how important they are, because there have been people that have said Jr. Smith is like a tremendous defender before. And it's not always on – a lot of it's on the team at times, and a lot of it's on the chemistry of the team. So, like, even if he had a really, like, say, like a 104 defensive rating, it's not necessarily that that defines if he's good or not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, this year it's a 110, and every year he's been in the league, he's had a negative net rating. What's, but well, to be fair to him again, teams. he's probably been on trash – not trash, but like not great teams every yeah, year. Yeah, it was twenty twelve in Philly, twenty fourteen in Golden State. But he only played Did he play for the Knicks? Yeah, last year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Hmm. That would be it depends if the Bulls have cap space if we were able to ship out someone like Sean. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I can't even think of one max player they have. The Bulls? The Bulls? Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, they don't have any maxes. I don't think they um, will soon, because Dunn Dunn could get good enough to ask for a max, and so could Levine. Yeah, and Mark Markinen eventually. Zach Levine's only making three million. Markinen's on his rookie deal. Dunn's probably still on his rookie deal. Valentine rookie deal. They probably have a lot of money. Okay, hear hear me out here. If we trade for somebody. The other player that I would really like is Marvin Williams from Charlotte. He's a f- over 45% three-point shooter. He's always been a good three-point shooter. He's a pretty reasonable defender, I believe. He has a plus 17 net rating this season. And he doesn't need the ball. I think that's huge. He's like a younger, better, less capable shooting chaining fry. The, the and he's problem, only making thirteen million. The problem with Marvin Williams well really I don't have a problem with Marvin Williams is I'm not ready to give up on Jay Crowder. I feel um, like it, yeah, it would almost be asking for like a bigger Jay Crowder because Crowder can struggle to guard the larger four sometimes. But I do understand where you're coming at there. Right. Like I've seen flashes this season of the Boston Jerry Crowder. Last game, I think he went four for five from the field, two for two from three. I think he had ten points, and he was playing really good defense. But again, I don't think he played in the fourth quarter for some unknown reason in Tyron Lue's head. But um, I, yeah, 
Jay Crowder's my man. I can't, I can't, I can't get rid of it. Or I can't take away his man and he just sits on the bench. If LA says we're only trading DeAndre Jordan for the Brooklyn pick, but we'll only ask for Shumpert and Fry, do you do that? But that wouldn't that wouldn't work out the salary. It'd have to be double team and Smith. Okay, fine. I don't I mean I don't really care who it is on our team. As long as you're Honestly, not giving up anybody good. If they say I think we said this last podcast. If they say double T and JR Brooklyn Nets pick, do it. It's as simple as that. That is a lot, sir. That is a lot. What? Are you double serious? T- that is a lot. T- what do you mean? DeAndre that's a Jordan's lot? not making us a better defensive team. He would yes, force he Love to slide over. Yes, Love wants to slide over. Sure. Kyrie wanted traded, and we just traded him. So obviously, uh, what they want doesn't really matter, or it uh, is, matters a lot. The problem is nobody wants to take on Jr.'s contract. So if the Clippers are willing to take on Jr.'s contract, or and double T for that matter, he's making sixteen million a year. You put two bad contracts, you get an all-star caliber center, you give a you give a you give a draft pick that may land outside the top seven, could be top ten. You you have to do it. You have to get DeAndre. If the if the opportunity presents itself, you have to do it. Don't get me wrong, I forget who said this, but I saw Jackson, another one of our writers, quoted it on Twitter, and I think it I swear it could have been Skip or Stephen A or someone, but they said that they said that the the three weeks where the Cavs didn't really know about their GM could be the most destructive in franchise history, and you could dare say that the 2006 off or the 2016 off season was. Well, I guess you could because we we had Jimmy. Butler. Because we really screwed the rest of the LeBron era. Because, like you said, if we didn't have Smith's contract, or if we didn't have like Shumpert, or if we just had their contracts just reduced volume, we could go out and get Bazemore without. With just giving up a first and fry, you could also say that LeBron screwed us too because he wanted because to of get Rich Paul days. exactly. He wanted to get Jr. and Double T paid, and now we have two horrible contract for two players that helped us one year. Yeah, like I really understand that it's really great that you want your teammates to get paid, but there's a difference between getting paid. And getting fifteen to eighteen million a year, I mean, they should have got paid with nine million a year. It's a good living right there. And it's All not right, like Kyle the Cavs. Smith. It's not like the Cavs aren't trying to get him shots either. We're gonna do like almost like a would you rather question, like we do in our normal segments. But it's almost like a if you had to create one reasonable trade for one of the three players we're pursuing, what is it and why? And those are your last official words. Oh. I'll go first. Yeah. I'm going, we're trading for George Hill and what is it, like our first and Smith or something? I feel like um, that'd be reasonable. You could do Fry Shump second rounders. Fry Shump and six second rounders works. <laughs> or just Fry Shump and um, 2027 fry- rounder. Yeah, fry shumping whatever it takes to get the deal done because I like Hill more than Williams and DeAndre Jordan, that's for sure. I just want a guarding two. All right, what's your guys' uh, reasonable trade? It's got to be the George Hill one and just solely because I want JR off of my team. <laughs> we all don't love <laughs> JR that much. It's 
No, it just it, it, does, it doesn't listen. it doesn't make a lot of sense just based off of like how how it's gonna be. If we get George Hill, we have four other guards and Kyle Korver we need to integrate into the lineup. Are you just not, are you gonna have a player on your team that's making thirteen million dollars a year not doing anything? That's how I see it. So it has to be Jr. and then our pick. No, you gotta you have to add somebody. Fry. Yeah, because Hill makes more than Smith by about six million, I think. But it has to be Fry. We yeah, can't it has take to be Fry. That. We be cannot fry. take that hit. Gotta be Fry then. And he's not playing anyways, so maybe he'll get a chance to play with Sacramento. All right, Jared, you've got the most time to think about your trade. Better be good. This is tough. I wish. And I, I don't. Play. I feel like you're a DeAndre Jordan fan, so love, don't disappoint I me. I love DeAndre Jordan. This is so tough. Um, I wish I could say both, but I can't. <laughs> this is so. All right. If I could do. Any trade out of these three scenarios, I would have to agree with you guys and go with George Hill. I would trade away Shumpert, Fry, second rounder, and be done with it. And then I'd go to L.A., trade Tristan Thompson, Jerry Smith, Brooklyn pick, DeAndre Jordan, over, done. Good, good title. That's it. <laughs> good deal. All right, so I just wanted to recap that we all have different views, but we all generally like the same things for this Cavs team. We all want Baysmore. We would all rather have Hill than the Jordan-Williams combo, and we're all really excited for the future, except maybe Jared. We don't. Yeah. You don't got to be too correct on that. But uh, we're glad you listened, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Six man, like I'm Lou Will.